0: Hey guys, this is William here at world of Wally. Just want to talk about a partner that we picked up this for season two It's FNX fit. They are a nutrition and supplement company Uh, Everything that they produce is made in the USA. So we are made in the USA proud here at world of Wally So we wanted to partner with these guys You will be able to go to the link that will be in the episode description Um, It's uh, fnx.grsm.io Front slash World of Wally. And you better use this discount code. FNX7DFQ at checkout. And by doing that and by using that exclusive link, you're going to receive 15% off your purchase. And you can reuse that link and that code to get that deal every time you visit the site. And remember guys, World of Wally appreciates their listeners, appreciates their fans, appreciates their followers and their subscribers. And that's why we partnered with these guys because they have the same outlook that we do it's all about helping people all right guys we're back and as promised my guest today mr darren bruce darren how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great up here in the wonderful city of seattle washington
0: seattle washington from way out west guys um he as I talked about in the intro, uh he had a concept and he has a, a project he's working on called DJ Sessions. He's going to tell us a little bit about that today. So let's get started, Darren. Exactly how like where did DJ Sessions? Where did that come from? Like when what was the conception and and you know what it is now the product you have now? Where did that all come from? Yeah, it was it was a very
1: interesting creation of how the show format, how, how it came to fruition. It started out of, uh, it was one of 10 different television series that I was producing at the time. that was approved to air on the NBC networks here in Washington, down the West Coast. And out of everything that I was doing, filming nightlife to live music, the art to the fashion, and everything, I had a lot of friends of mine that were in the DJ industry, in the nightclub business. And I noticed that in the nightclub industry, Everyone would say, wasn't that a great show to go to? We'd talk about it, but nobody would record it and nobody would film it. So I said, hey, I got all these DJ buddies, I got all these nightlife promoters that are doing this thing. What if I brought video cameras in here and actually showed the rest of the world what we all saw for that night? And so then I would go in and record, and then I started interviewing A-list celebrities, and hanging out in the back rooms of the nightclub and and exposing that world to the public in a way that nobody had ever been doing before. So it it was a long transition after 28 years of being in film and television production, working from right out of high school on a public access television show, to then going into broadcast media, to then going into podcasting, and then where we're at right now, live streaming and podcasting that the show, The DJ Sessions, was born. And it's become the mainstay of what I've been doing for the last 10 years. We have over 1,800 episodes under our belt, and we're going to start producing up to 16 to 20 episodes a week of our series. And so it's just been a, a, a great... It's been a long path. It's been a great path. It's been a long time coming, That people need to know Rather than just now listening to the music, you can also identify with the people that are playing the music, and that's what we want to show. We want to give a behind-the-scenes approach to who's doing this and who's making everyone have fun.
0: Okay, DJ Sessions, is that is that? Uh, I know you're based out of Seattle. Are you generating most of your video uh, content and your interviews? Are they coming from your region? Are, are are you all across the U.S., all across the world? Like, where where are you getting all this content from?
1: It, it, that's a great question. So, it, pre-COVID, what was happening is a lot of A-list celebrities would already come to our city because the promoters were booking them, and they'd come into town, and we would be that media outlet. With the go, they would go out and seek out and get interviews and or exclusive sets by bringing these DJs into our studio and recording exclusive sets with them. Now, what we've just done is is after our website just got launched, we're now going into a virtual mode where we're actually contacting the past A-list celebrities that have been on the show and then bringing them in from around the world to do live interviews and live sets, and then distribute that through our network to our viewers.
0: Okay. Now, we were talking, you were talking about just a minute ago about kind of where this came from. And you've talked about the length of time that this process has taken you, uh, how it kind of went from just a passion of yours to an actual, an actual realized project. So where, like before DJ sessions, like tell us a little bit of your backstory. Like where, where do you come from? Like what's, what's your origin story?
1: Yeah, uh, I actually started. Uh, like I said, I, I, we, I was in the first ever video production class in the state of Washington at my high school they gave us video cameras they sent us out there and we were able to go out and shoot footage and make funny videos and come back and edit them in the classroom and and show them at lunchtime to all the students in the classroom and everyone would get a kick out of the funny videos that we made after i graduated from high school about three months later i ran into a a gentleman by the name of Giorgio brown who was doing a show called the cobalt network which was a hip-hop based television show that was on public access, and when I met Giorgio, I saw him one night at a nightclub, I was actually out on a date with a girl, and the date wasn't going so well, so uh, I saw this guy over there with a camera, and I said, excuse me, I'm going to let you sit here for a minute, let me go talk to this guy over here with a video camera, and see what he's all about. Turns out about a week later, he invited me down to his house, I sat down and talked to them, and... It kind of just we had this synergy between the both of us that i knew i wanted to be in film and television production he was doing a tv show i said let me watch you and he mentored me for basically about eight years on and off of going through the industry to where eventually i said you know what i want to go break away i want to go do my own thing and i had this concept for a show called phantasmagoria that i actually got approved to air on the fox networks here in our local area and once I put that show on uh, broadcast television, we, we out of that experience, three more shows came out called Image Night Live, uh The Fantastic Gloria, and Northwest Extreme Sports. And then in 2005, we, we rebranded everything, calling it ITV, or independent television. And that's where we got into podcasting, because I was looking for Apple at the time, and we became one of the first ever featured video podcast in the iTunes store. And this took our success from doing 1,000 downloads a week to 10,000 to 50,000, 75,000 to at one point we were doing 300,000 downloads a week. We rose from position 48 to position 23 in iTunes. We were featured as a new and noteworthy podcast in the iTunes store and we're sitting there just like, this is awesome and but we couldn't figure out how to monetize it because podcasting was so new, it was so brand new, we didn't have the Nielsen ratings like what you had in broadcast television to prove who our audience or, or, or who was watching. After a few years of doing that, I moved into in 2009, I saw Ustream as a platform to do live streaming. And so I kind of shifted our model of not only being a podcast to moving over to this live streaming series. And out of that, I tried to take all my brands and all my TV shows over to Ustream. The easiest show that I found out of doing all eight of our shows was the DJ portion, where there were DJs playing. And again, combining my, my connections with the nightclub world and the people that I knew, I said, let's just produce a show that features DJs and let's get them streaming online. Essentially our own radio station, but with video with multiple camera angles in the studio and doing interviews with them and, and getting behind the mix and getting you know giving them a voice rather than just let them play we can give them a voice talking about what they're about to do or what they were doing and that's what the dj session took off with in 2009 and we've been doing the show for 10 years since and on
0: well it sounds as if you've been quite busy in your young life uh I've I've got to I've gotta rewind for just a second. I've heard a lot of crazy, crazy ways to ditch a girl on a date. But that's one of the most <laughs> unique ones I have ever heard. Let me go talk you know, to the cap, the guy with the camera. I've heard a lot, but that's that's pretty unique. Uh,
1: yeah, was,
0: little little, was, did you know that that, little did you know that little did you know that punch. bad date was gonna launch all of this, so
1: was it going to change? I did not know. You're right. I did not know at that time. I, 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 she was cute. She was funny. It was fun. We just happened to go out, and it was. It wasn't going all that well in a sense. I mean, we were dancing. We were having fun. But then I was like, hmm. Let me go check out what these guys are doing. And yes, it changed my life, literally.
0: So it sounds as if uh, you have been part of this constant evolution of. Technology, you you've used technology to the utmost. Um, all the, the uh, content that you have going right now, how how can people uh, access that content?
1: They can go to our website, djsessions.com, and basically find all of our 1,800 past episodes of whatever have been doing. You can actually go there and find the first episode I ever did, testing out live streaming. I, I mean, I used to do a lot of crazy stuff. I used to make hot dogs. I used to get on the camera and, and dress up and do what I call my dialing for dollar sessions because I was testing out the platform because podcasting was easy. I mean, to me, it was easy. We filmed something, we post-production it, but we put it online. But when you went to live streaming, you were live and anything goes. go. That's kind of the lesson I've learned in live streaming is if something happens, you just got to roll with it. You just got to go with it. And, you know, after time, your your content becomes refined and you start to dial things in. You start to dial things back. You know what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. But it's, it's become such a mechanism now to us that it's just like second nature that streaming in this time, in this day and age, we've been pushing the live streaming element for so many years that we've actually taken a step back and said we want to start doing events now where we can live stream our events and get a event promotion. I used to work with a lot of people that promoted the events. Now we're starting to do our own events and we can bring that live streaming element into the event and then go to a pay-per-view model where people are paying to see people online. And as we've seen, the advent of everyone live streaming and getting online now because all events are closed down, it's, it's shifted the industry, the entertainment industry, into now I'm going to watch this from home rather than go out and do something. So we've been poised and ready for this to happen for years. And we just want to be in the forefront of making that happen and work with others to also educate them on how, what the best practices are to make that happen for themselves
0: so you foresaw the future you saw COVID coming and you had the model in place for when this actually happened
1: I wouldn't necessarily say I saw COVID coming um,
0: you you, you we saw were, this opportunity coming you were prepared for it I guess
1: yeah and, and like I said working with Twitch uh, well we're a featured Twitch partner but we were actually featured with NewStream for a number of years and you know it was 2017 2018 when Twitch and, um, uh, I'm sorry, when Ustream and GoDaddy kind of shut us down because we we're doing so much bandwidth on their networks and, and IBM and bought Ustream and said, you're going to have to start paying us about 1500 to $2,000 a month to host what you're doing. We were kind of upset because all of our, all of us, we, we were successful, but we were about to be shut down because we're an independent television show. You know, we couldn't, we weren't really charging for money or selling sponsorships or doing any of that side of the business. And so we, we went and approached Twitch and said, hey, Twitch, we got this great content. We, we can deliver on what we say. And Twitch said, come over here. And we, for two years, we were their only regularly scheduled featured partner DJ show on Twitch. And we've, we've made a home of Twitch and we built things up on Twitch It's it's, it's been a brilliant and beautiful partnership working with that to move forward with what we want
0: to do. Okay, so it sounds like a lot's been going on for you. So let's let's set a timeline, okay? Let's go back to that ill-fated date, the one that you should not have gone on in the first place, but glad you were because it (laughs) launched your future at that point. From that point when you first met your mentor to now, like what, what kind of time frame are we talking about?
1: 26 years?
0: 26 Uh, years.
1: 19, well, no, 20, actually, no, geez, are we going, well, 1992, so eight, and then let's put 20, 28 years,
0: 28 years. 28 years for a 30, for a 30-year-old guy, that's pretty impressive.
1: I'm not a 30-year-old guy. (laughs) A lot of people think I'm younger than I actually appear to be. So you no, know, I'm, I'm 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 a little bit older than that. A little bit older. But, I mean, I started I started though when my father bought the first video camera on the block, and I started playing with that VHS video camcorder when you weren't allowed to play with the cam the camera because if you dropped it, it would break. But my dad gave me a little leeway, and I was always in the movies. I was always in a film. I always, I mean, growing up, watching Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Lucas and Spielberg and. And those movies of how they captured you know, the, the, the essence on the screen, I was always enraptured with that. And I, I mean, I wish I could find some of my old videotapes from back in the day when I used to use fishing wire and, and take my G.I. Joe figures and I'd set them up in a little box and I had the video camera and I'd like puppeteer them to make a movie on the video camera. So my, my actual background in film and television production goes back to when I was six years old. Back to like 1980, I just dated myself, yeah. But, you know, I always had a passion for videography in that sense. And growing up in a musical household, my two brothers were musicians. And my dad definitely uh, encouraged them to be musicians, at the same time encouraged me to be a videographer as well. So when I got into high school, and I was a senior, and they offered the first ever video production class. I signed up for it right away. And I was like, this is natural to me. Take a video camera, film, and come back and edit in my high school? Okay, but when I graduated high school, there was no outlet for me to go into. I mean, I could have become a production assistant working for a news team at the local networks or something like that. But I met this guy, like I said, on the ill-fated date that I was on. I met a guy with a video camera and his friend in a nightclub. That was they were doing a hip-hop interview and the rest now goes from all of that
0: so you i heard the reference 1980 so you uh-huh. when you're talking about you had the first video camera on the block and you were going around filming everything that's when video cameras looked like actual television remote cameras i mean they were they were enormous <laughs> The camera was probably half the size you were.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. I can remember. I
0: mean, I, I'm 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 older than you, and I can remember when the very first everything came out. Seems like you know, I'm 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 pre-Atari. That's how old I am. So um, I can remember when the first everything came out. And I remember the very fir- I remember the very first video camera that my parents bought, and it was it was impressively large. Uh, In comparison to the first one I bought after I got married and started having kids, where I could tote it around in my hand. So, I can just imagine, as a young guy, I bet you were quite the spectacle as you were walking up and down your city block, filming these folks and not getting their consent, I might add. Yeah, we had, had, um, originally, we had one of
1: the video cameras where the camera had to be wired to the VHS deck that you wore around a shoulder strap on your side. And then later, we bought one of the VHS cameras that you actually could stick the tape into, and it was all-inclusive in the camera itself.
0: Wow. And um, You probably wish you still had those two. Those, those two Smithsonian entries.
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, my friend uh, that I started with, Giorgio, uh, he still keeps an archive of all his old cameras, from the first camera that he ever shot with, to all the hi Super8, to the Super eight, to the, to the DV, to the digital. He has all those set up as like a little archive museum. And so I walk over, and go, I remember touching those cameras. I remember back in the day when we used the best, best stuff. <laughs> it's pretty interesting to see the transition. And then, you know, jumping into the digital world, when I got into the Final Cut Pro, and started so doing digital cinematography and I filmed my first movie when I was in college, my first short film. And uh, that was kind of, that was interesting uh, of seeing the, the digital revolution in the film and television industry to going from an analog world to a digital world. It, it changed the game. I mean, it was amazing, which then led to me having a career with working for Apple and I became one 300 people in the world that was able to train people
0: to train people how to use Final Cut Pro. Hmm. So uh, you were born and raised in Seattle. We have always been in that area. Still? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Still with me?
1: Okay, all right. I, 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 I'm one of the, I'm one
0: of the, I'm one of what you call one of the
1: last natives
0: of this land. So you let's uh, see, your brothers, your brothers were musicians, so they were. Would not have been. It would not have been grunge at that time. Grunge had not come around at that point. It probably was just starting. Yeah, it was probably just starting. But it wasn't like it wasn't at mainstream. I guess
1: they were punk rock. Yeah, how they would define themselves. They were defined as punk rock. Right at the street. This is 1990. Yeah, and it was just right when every Seattle was barely even being looked at at that time and then all of a sudden the whole grunge market took place right now i as a little brother they kind of they they broadened my horizons. they weren't so much focused on just rock music they actually were the ones that introduced me to rap to hip-hop music right and they expanded my my, my horizons. they expanded my horizons to being open to new forms and new things And so when I was on that date with that girl, and I was at a hip hop club, and I'm like, I like this music. I like what's going on. Hey, what are these guys doing over here? And then, like I said, I went over and introduced myself to Giorgio, and said, hey, I want to work on your hip hop television show. And then, yeah, right, the Seattle grunge movement came out. Here we are, we're two guys, I'm this young kid, 18 years old, working on the hip hop television show that's being distributed to 30,000, 40,000 viewers a week. And I'm like, this is this is awesome. I'm ready to go.
0: Right. So, you were talking about you made movies earlier in your life. So, what what kept you from making the move and going south into into California? Uh, you know, trying to get maybe into the film industry.
1: That is a great question, and that question had to be repeated. So, the answer to that question had to be repeated several times from 2001. 2003 with another girl. All things, right? Hmm. People have an influence your life. That if I wasn't gonna make it here in Seattle, I wasn't gonna run to LA. Because if I couldn't make it in Seattle, then there's no way I'm gonna make it down there. And it goes back to a scene out of a movie. I love this movie so much, right? I used to see, and I use the saying. I actually use this day with one of his best friends. Have you ever seen the movie Colors? Yes. With Robert Duvall and Sean Penn.
0: Yes, I know exactly and what the, you're the, talking the,
1: about. See, There's a scene in the movie where Robert Duvall says to Sean Penn, he says, Don't, don't, the saying is, Don't, let's be a young bull, or hang on, on, let me rephrase this. He says, The young bull says, Let's run down there and get one of those calves. And the old bull says, No, let's walk down and get them all. And I've taken that wisdom as, as my approach to this industry. And said, I don't want to run down to LA or run somewhere to try to make my name and make my stake and make my claim. I want to do it here and then I want to walk down to those other places. So they'll recognize us as what we are as a, a staple, as an industry standard to be invited, not to run and try to get on the invite list, if that makes sense. I
0: see. So what you're saying is, is when you do go to Los Angeles, Hollywood, you know that area. Uh, and Steven Spielberg sees you, he will say, "Welcome, Mr. Bruce," because he will know exactly who you are. There, there's actually a better internal saying with a more relevant person. Uh, you might know him. His name is Gary V. Gary V. Okay.
1: And and Gary V. If I went to Gary V. and I said. Hey, Gary B, I'm Darren B, and I'd like to shake your hand. And I admire and I appreciate you. keep like, You're one of a million people that come and say that to me all the time. I'm not trying to be egotistical in any way, shape, or form, but I'd like to say, Hey, Gary B, I'm Darren B. And he says, Yeah, Darren B, I've heard about you.
0: There you go. Leaving that indelible mark. So. Exactly. Big question here, big question. So we're we're locked in we're ready to go we're doing well but what's the future like where is is dj sessions where where is is it about to launch like a rocket into the stratosphere and it's going to go places that at this time you can only imagine or do you already because you sound like a pretty good planner to me i mean you knew about covid coming and everything so where where is dj sessions headed or where is uh, you actually your content as a whole like where are you headed with it
1: Absolutely, that's a great question, because one of the things that the DJ Sessions was going to do was work with the local community and and fostering that growth. Now, what DJ Sessions has become is it's become its own entity where now we can actually foster the growth ourselves. Uh, Basically, where we used to work with concert promoters and work with them hand in hand, we now can actually take it one step further and start throwing the shows ourselves we can bring the talent in we can work directly with the talent work directly with their manager work directly with their staff to actually put on the shows and accomplish the mission of promoting electronic music from the ground up rather than being a component we can now be the facilitator and being that facilitator puts us in in a position that allows us to control a little bit more of what's being seen and what's being done so that way we make sure that our content is being delivered to our audience in the ways that we see fit.
0: Well, it sounds like you have a pretty solid plan. Uh, It it sounds like you've had uh, quite a career to this point. Um, I am uh, super excited to to, uh, keep track and see where you're headed. Um, I tell you what, before you get out of here, tell every uh, every one of my listeners exactly how they can reach out to you.
1: Absolutely. You can find us at thedjsessions.com. You can hashtag us at Mention Us. Find us on Twitter or t- Twitch or wherever we're at. Just look up thedjsessions.com or thedjsessionsonline. online or on Google and you'll find us everywhere. We have a brand new website we just launched in September of 2019 that is just there with all of our archives and everything and it's, it's, it's we're very proud of that and uh, we just want to make sure we share electronic music with the world
0: I checked out your website it's very impressive I, I'm not a, I don't know who designed it for I'm assuming you designed it you you sound you sound like you can do anything uh, especially when you well, tell me you, you you work for Apple earlier so uh, you have the inside track on all that kind of stuff so Darren, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, we were talking about before we, we started recording that uh, that you were double-booked and triple-booked, and even, you had even forgotten that we were supposed to be talking today. So I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, and like I said, to all my listeners, guys, check these guys out. Darren Bruce at TheDJSessions.com. Um, and like I said, he has a ridiculous amount of content on there for you guys to check out. Darren, can't thank you enough, brother. You have a great evening. Thank
1: you very much. You as well. I look forward forward to talking to you again
0: soon. Sounds good, brother. Talk to you later. And as always, guys, Wally out. That's just a quick word from us here at World of Wally. Um, we are always looking for support from our listeners to help continue our purpose continue our drive continue our mission Uh, here at World of Wally we strive to provide top notch compelling content that appeals to all ages and backgrounds we do approach the podcast as a vehicle to deliver this information in a way that everyone even the common man or common woman feels that content speaks directly to them we can only continue to provide thought provoking and engaging conversations and guests with your help and your support World of Wally is nothing without you the listener and your support thank you from all of us here at World of Wally if you want to become part of our journey here as this project continues uh, find out more at our patreon link uh, at www.patreon.com front We'll be able to find it in the episode notes of each episode throughout season two. Like I said, guys, we couldn't do it without you. We don't want to do it without you. So anything you can do to help, we appreciate it. And as always, guys, Wally out. Hey, guys. Join me, William Wally, every Tuesday and Friday as I share my thoughts and have engaging discussions with various guests, tackling all types of topics from religion, politics, sports, social media, and also current events, and everyday observations from my very own life. Just a small-town guy with some big-time opinions. Love me or hate me, but you will want to listen in weekly on the podcast, World of Wally.